faith with joy and a willing spirit as we hear today's scripture. Our first reading is from Romans 8, 26 to 28, and also verse 31. Likewise, the spirit helps us in our weakness, for we do not know how to pray as we ought, but that very spirit intercedes with sighs too deep for words. And God who searches the heart knows what is in the mind of the spirit, because the Spirit intercedes for the saints according to the will of God. We know that all things work together for good for those who love God, who are called according to his purpose. What then are we to say about these things? If God is for us, who could be against us? Our second reading is from Ephesians 3, 7 through 12. Of this gospel I have become a servant according to the gift of God's grace that was given me by the working of his power. Although I am not the very least of all the saints, this grace was, I, although I am the very least of all the saints, this grace was given to me to bring to the Gentiles the news of the boundless riches of Christ and to make everyone see what is the plan of the mysteries hidden for ages in God who created all things. 
so that through the church, the wisdom of God in its heavenly places, in its rich variety, might now be made known to the rulers and authorities in heavenly places. This was in accordance with the eternal purpose he has carried out in Christ Jesus our Lord, in whom we have access to God in boldness and confidence through faith in him. This is God's word for God's people. Thanks be to God.
join me in a moment of prayer? <clears throat> awesome and almighty God, we greet you with sighs too deep for understanding. Sometimes the words don't even come to us. Often we view ourselves as the least of the disciples and wonder how we might serve you in ways that exude boldness as opposed to being mild. Be with us this day that we might open our hearts to the ways in which you are inviting each and every one of us to take that leap of faith, to venture into the bold frontier of being in ministry for you and reaching out to you for the support and guidance along the way. May the words of my mouth and the meditation of all of our hearts be acceptable unto you, our rock and our redeemer. Amen. I don't know if you know this, but the bishop that we have right now served in our annual conference before he went off to be a bishop up in the Pacific Northwest for eight years. And when he served in our annual conference, for a while he served as the dean of the cabinet, which means that he was the, the most tenured district superintendent of all of the district superintendents in our annual conference. And in that role, I had the opportunity to hear him speak at a variety of locations. I got to hear him speak to a group of young adults who were exploring whether or not they were called to ministry. And I also got to hear him speak at a gathering called Youth Alive, which was for the youth of our annual conference, the senior high youth of our annual conference. And despite the fact that the last time I heard him speak at one of those events prior to him being a bishop was over 10 years ago, one of his messages still sits with me and haunts me today. <clears throat> it's the story of the lighthouse. In this story, there was a group of people who got together knowing that there was an issue at hand. They lived in a community that was at a seaside and that seaside had rocks and cliffs and danger in the water for boats that were sailing into their ports. So they wanted to put up a lighthouse to let people know of the dangers and to keep them safe on their journeys ahead. As this light, lighthouse came into being, people said, there's something there that's interesting. I want to go find out what they're about and I want to see what they're doing. People began to join in the original group's mission to keep the, the shore lit up so that people would be safe. But over time, as the group grew, the group changed in dynamics as well. Some of the people were there and still had the vision of keeping the light lit, but others were there more concerned about how they might be in fellowship with one another than about keeping the light lit. Some people came to the community and said, we're missing the message, we're doing something wrong. Our goal first and foremost is to keep that light lit and to make sure that people know that there's rocks ahead, that there's danger, and there's a way that they can avoid it and maintain their safety. The rest of the community didn't really want to hear this message. So they said, no, we're not going to buy into that. So the people who were really invested in keeping the light lit left that community and went and built lighthouse so that they could keep the light on the shoreline and let the community know how they might get to port safely. 
This happened a few times over, so all of a sudden there were some, some lighthouses that didn't shine the light and a lighthouse that shone the light very beautifully and boldly and profoundly. And when the bishop told the story to a bunch of youth, he challenged them and their youth leaders to question, are we a mere social club or are we here to keep the light of Christ burning so that people know how they can get to port safely? That message, as I said, continues to percolate in my mind and come back into the forefront at different times. And as I was praying and discerning about how to approach today's topic, that came to the forefront again. And I think that's because today's theme is the invitation to choose bold versus mild. And I think that as people of faith, we can choose to say that our faith is one that is supposed to be reflected out in bold ways that let others know of God's love and God's light. Or we can choose to be a mere social club where we are more concerned about what's going on internally than what, how we're reflecting the light of God to the world. I asked our children today during children today during children's message at the nine o'clock service if they could define the word bold. First hand up said, bold is to stand out. And I asked the rest of the kids if they wanted to add anything and they went, nope, he covered it. <laughs> so if bold is to stand out, then the converse of bold, mild, would be to blend in. To blend in, to be comfortable as a social club, to not have the confidence to speak truly about our faith in ways that transform the world. A mild faith is one that is content with socializing while not recognizing or remembering the mission, or critically looking at themselves and challenging themselves along the way. A mild faith is a timid faith. I think sometimes we have an unwillingness to talk about our faith or an uncertainty about what to say when we are talking about our faith. I'm a Christian, but I'm not that kind of Christian. But if you can define what that kind of Christian is, but you can't define what kind of Christian you are, you're not helping anyone else come to understand what makes you different from others, what makes what you have something that is interesting for them to seek after and to find. A bold faith is remembering that our first job is to be lighthouses. The author of the book who inspired this sermon series, Paul Nixon, says bold is sim or simply connotes clarity, courage, creativity, and cutting to the chase. But he also warns us that bold most always wins over mild, except where boldness is associated with overbearing dysfunctional excess. Because we can all acknowledge that there's a point where bold is so over, so all-consuming that people don't want to hear what we have to say because we have just done such an amazing job of belittling people that our boldness is seen as arrogance as opposed to something that is God-given and something that is, is, is expressing God's love to others. Having a bold faith takes tenacity. I will hold on no matter the cost. It takes courage under fire, facing fear, or facing, looking fear in the face and refusing to back down. We have to cho resolutely focus, choose to resolutely focus more on the solidness of what we believe than what might the outcome be. 
We have lots of examples in our Bible of people who have bold faith. So many to choose from. And I encourage you as we sing our final hymn today, there's a couple in there as well, but they didn't actually make my list. My list that I started with was Daniel in the lion's den saying, I'm not gonna give up my prayer, my time of connecting with God because the government says that I'm supposed to do that. Instead, I'm going to pray as I've always been taught to pray, even if it puts me in the lion's den. And I'm going to prove that my faith life is strong and for a reason. I think of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, who very similarly were told, forsake your God, say that your God doesn't exist, and worship the king as well. And they went, no, that's not how we work. Our faith is strong enough that we are going to stand firm, that our God is with us. And when the king said, I'll show you and throw you into a fiery furnace, they came out unscathed because their faith was so strong. We can talk about Jesus having bold faith. Sometimes we like to make Jesus a little saccharine, just tell the happy stories, the ones that, that don't push us out of our comfort zone. We want to tell, talk about Jesus saying, let the children come to me, but not talk about the Jesus that overturns the tables and the temples. We don't want to talk about the Jesus that challenges us to do more, to be more. The Jesus who says, I know what is going to come from me doing what I'm doing, but I have a mission here. God has placed me on this earth to do something, and I'm going to do it even if it leads me to death, because new life will come out of it. We have the message from the disciples. I'll start with Peter, who's the first one to say, you are the Messiah. He had some foibles along the way. We, we can talk about Peter and how he messed up along the way. Peter was, was bold in faith when he said, Lord, if it truly is you, let me step out of the boat and walk on water to you. And he did it. But then he got distracted, right? And what happened? He sank. We know that with bold faith, sometimes we make these leaps of faith, and then we second guess ourselves and go, what am I doing? But God reminds us again and again, keep your focus on me, and I will take care of you. I think about the disciples on Pentecost. For those of you who don't know, and you probably don't because we haven't celebrated Pentecost yet, but Pentecost is my favorite Christian holiday. Some of you might go, wait, Pentecost is a Christian holiday? It is, trust me. It's the birthday of the church. It's the day that we celebrate the Holy Spirit and how God gives us the gift. And God reminds us that he's going to work on us and in us and through us. In the story of, the, of Pentecost, the disciples were locked up in a room. They were fearful about what, what the people of Jerusalem, what the Roman people were going to do with them because of the fact that they were followers of Jesus. And the Holy Spirit came into that place, rested upon them and said, you are my children. Go forth, embrace the flames and the fire that I have placed in your, in your gullet and go forth into the world and proclaim my truth. And in proclaiming God's truth and Jesus's truth and that Jesus was alive, they brought thousands of people to understand Christ in their lives that day. Pentecost is a great day, and if you want to get me on the Holy Spirit conversation sometime, I'd be happy to go there with you. But bold faith is not always just how we go into the world. It's also how we ask God for things. When I think of bold faith, I also think of the hemorrhagic woman. 
the woman who had been bleeding for 12 years, and she said, oh, if I can just touch the hem of his robes, God will heal me. Now that in those days was something that would have been scorned and looked down upon, but she said, I need to do this. I know that God will reach out to me. And Jesus sensed her touching him and the energy leaving him to heal her. And he said, because of your faith, you have been made well. Sometimes bold faith is reaching out to God and saying, God, I need your healing. I need to be made whole by you. Help lead me in that direction. It may not take shape in the way that we fully expect, but God will offer us newness and a new reality and new life when we boldly say, God, I need you. (laughs) and, And we can't forget the scriptures that we read this morning. Paul reminds us that God is with us in our weakness when we don't even have the words to form and all we can do is sigh and moan to God, God hears us. Even if we think that we're the least of the disciples, we can go to God with boldness and then God will give us the power that we need to go forth to respond to the world in boldness. If God is for us, who can be against us? But sometimes boldness isn't always saying yes. Boldness can also be saying no. I read the story of a woman who, while down on her luck, finding out that her father had cancer several states away, losing her job and losing the house that she was trying to buy, had a tough decision to make. She had an acquaintance who came to her and said, I've got a way to solve your money problems. And as this friend outlined the solution, she went, "Uh uh-uh, no, that's not who I am, that's not who I'm called to be. I am not going to do something illegal illegal to alleviate my my financial woes, but I'm going to find a way because I know that my God will provide for me. Sometimes it's just as hard to say no as it is to say yes. And there's boldness when we take a stand and say that we are going to do something different. We are going to stand out. These stories aren't just stories of the Bible. They're not the story of the woman that I told you about. We can think of people in our lives and our world who demonstrate bold faith. We can think of Reverend Martin Luther King Jr. and all of those who who rallied alongside him and said, we are going to choose to be nonviolent in response to all of the hatred and scorn that is thrown at us as we are fighting for racial justice and racial equality. We know that we are going to receive billy clubs, we are going to experience fire hose, but we are going to respond with love because love is bigger than hate. I think of Nelson Mandela who said, I am willing to sit in jail for over two decades to stand up to an unjust political system and work to make equality a a reality in South Africa. I think of Dietrich Bonhoeffer who was a pastor in Germany at the time of Hitler who said, very outspokenly, this man is wrong. He said, I do not believe him. This is not what the Bible teaches us to do. He even worked with a group to try to overthrow Hitler, and that landed him in a concentration camp. But he didn't care about that. He cared about standing firm in his faith and who God called him to be. He cared about being bold and speaking out in truth. When I think about boldness. I don't just think about those historical people, 
but I also think about people in our everyday world. I think of a man named Adam Braun, who, while in college, did a semester at sea and traveled to different ports and different communities and saw the needs of, of children in these communities that he visited and the fact that these kids, more than anything, wanted to learn. He saw that they wanted something more, and he began traveling around with pencils in his bag so he could always give the children pencils so that they could learn to write, they could draw, and they could participate in some education. One night while he was at semester at sea, a storm broke out, and it was one that shook his world and overwhelmed him to no end. By the end of that night, Adam said, God saved me for something. I need to do something more. I need to make my life worth something and thank God for it. And he established a program that brought schools to so many nations and so many countries that did not have schools otherwise. And he worked from just the idea of a promise of a pencil to a child to let's bring education to fruition for these children. I also think that the women who stand up and say, me too, are having bold faith. They are saying, I don't think that I should be put in danger physically to maintain my job and my status in the company that I work in. They're saying, I have faced this, I have endured this, and I want to make sure that another generation doesn't have to be subjected to the same thing that I've been subjected to. They are being bold by saying this is wrong and we need to do something about it. And the United Methodist Bishops took a bold statement this weekend as well by working with the Commission on the Status and Role of Women and saying that they affirm the work of the people who, who have stood up and said me too and have said that they take um, sexual harassment and sexual harassment very seriously and if charges are brought they will they will face those charges seriously. There are many ways for us to be bold in our world. During the sermon series, we've been talking about how we can be bold individually and how we can be bold as a congregation. And I challenge you that individually, being bold means discerning God's voice and the nudges of the Holy Spirit so that we might go where God calls us, even if it is unknown, uncomfortable, and scary putting the needs of the whole before the desires of the self to do God's will in the world. About seven o'clock last night, I put out the question to my Facebook friends, what does it mean to have a bold faith? And by the time I walked into worship at eight o'clock this morning, I had five responses. And the thing that it showed me that I knew beforehand, but it was important to remember, is that being bold for each and every one of us will be different. For one friend, she said, being bold in your faith is being able to pray for and help someone else even when your own life is falling apart around you. Another said, being bold is living out your faith in those countries in the world where being a Christian is looked down upon and vilified, but doing it anyways, even though you know that you might be chased, tortured, or killed for that. Another said, being, having bold faith is when medical science tells you that only 1% of all persons with pancreatic cancer will live past the five-year mark and believing that your loved one will be that 1%. Another one, this is a bold one. Are you ready? 
selling all of your possessions and volunteering full-time. That, that's one that is extremely bold, and if she feels called to do it, I will support her 100% on that. But I think that I have a friend who summed it up very well. She said, doing what God is calling you to do, even when it's scary. Sometimes we need to do what's scary. Sometimes we need to stand out on faith, step out on faith. Whether it's being a part of the Me Too movement and making sure that our daughters don't have to face the same sexual discrimination and harassment in the workplace that women of this generation do and past generations do. Maybe it's that you want to take a stand on Black Lives Matter or Blue Lives Matter and taking the opportunity to say that children should be safe in their communities and police officers should get the care that they need so that they're not going into the communities worn down and tired out, possibly responding to a situation where they're already in a PTSD situation and being on their edge, but instead having the care and the support that they need because all lives matter. Everyone is important. And how do we say that I want you to do the best you can and truly care about the community that you serve? Maybe it's asking God to boldly intercede with, for someone or something that is bigger than us, doing what we think is right even when fill in the blank, says it's wrong. And that blank could be different for each and every one of us. Our children, our parents, our friends, listening to what God is saying to us and doing what we feel called to do. Uh, and doing what we think is right without any expectations of recognition, accolade, or claps on the back, but doing it because God has placed it on your heart. Now here's my definition for what it means to be bold in faith as a church. Discerning God's voice and the nudges of the Holy Spirit so that we might go where God calls us, even if it is unknown, uncomfortable, and scary. Putting the needs of the whole before the desires of self to do God's will in the world. Does that sound vaguely familiar? It should, because it's the same definition for us individually. But I think that we live it out in, in similar ways, but slightly different ways. I think that we live it out when we acknowledge the way that we have teamed up with many mansions to make sure that there's affordable housing in this community so that people can live in the community in which they work and serve. Our Outreach and Social Concerns Committee does a great job of being bold in faith from the ways that we support many mansions to the efforts to bring clean water to so many in the United States that don't have clean water and remind us that that's a need around the world as well. I think we have bold faith when we think about the number of people who said, I'm gonna to drive to Camarillo two weeks ago to find out what I can do to be a part of the rebuild effort for those impacted by the fires in Ventura, Montecito, and Santa Barbara. I think that we can the sky is the limit, be bold, as we listen and we talk together about how God is doing something in this place and God is placing something on our communal hearts about how we might live in the world so that we might be that lighthouse and we might be the beacon to the community that says, God is alive and well. God has something to do in my life and God is calling all of us to something more. As people of faith, we are challenged 
boldly proclaim who Jesus was, who Jesus is for us personally, and who Jesus calls us to be for the world. When we are mild or meek or lackadaisical about the message, we reduce it to something that others aren't inspired by or want to learn about. Be bold in your learning about Jesus. Be bold in your seeking God's will in your life. Be bold in living your calling. Be bold in the community working, working to broaden the scope of Christ's witness. Be willing to stoke the light so that we might be beacons of hope for a hurting world. Amen.